0: Welcome to Library Media Chatter, the podcast that's dedicated to talking about graphic novels a little less in 2024, (laughs) as soon as this episode is over. Greg, we're going to get into all that in a few minutes, but I would be remiss if we didn't discuss something that is on everyone's minds. As you all know, the third week of March is National Animal Poison Prevention Week, so I want to know, Greg, what are you doing to prevent animal poisoning? I can't believe that you say that
1: this is... On everyone's mind. Oh,
0: everybody's talking about it, Craig. Yeah, it's very it's popular March. right now. What well, else is there to talk about in March? I will say animal I, poisoning?
1: I, I for a long time did worry that my neighbor was going to poison my dogs because he was a horrible human being. Um, but I don't live in that house anymore. Okay. So animal poisoning has really dropped off my radar. Yeah.
0: So, so you are moving houses to avoid I, animal poisoning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To prevent, yeah, man. I'm yeah. fighting animal poisoning. I'm with you. Uh, what about along, you? The, what? along the same lines, uh our neighbor behind us has a dog that for, I don't know, 300 years or so, it feels like, uh, comes out every night, two or three times a night, usually like at one o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. They just let the dog out to to bark at nothing because there's so nothing you're, going on. You're so on I may also poisoning. need to move. I yeah, I'm saying I may need to move. Folks, you heard it here poisoning. first. Yeah, When it this inevitably be. goes to trial. I am looking into getting myself out of this situation. So we have people around us who do that. Like the all poison over the neighborhood. No. Oh, okay. No,
1: no, the the 3 a.m. barking. And I just want to, yeah. what I want to know among so many things is, how. why are you still up? Like, yeah. why are you and that dog not both in bed? Yeah. Not bothering me. That's a real
0: area of concern for me. Chatterboxes, if you have an answer to that question, (laughs) send us an email at librarymediachatter at gmail.com. Why are you letting your dogs out in the middle of the night to bark at nothing? Answer in complete sentences, please. Yes. And uh, what are you doing to prevent animal poisoning? I'm sure that there are many displays going up this month for Animal Poison Prevention Week. Most of our libraries are going to be covered in... Healthy animals, I assume, I <laughs> guess is how you promote them. I'm not really sure what that would look like, but really? show us, send us your pictures. Us... We're going to have to close that Gmail account. <laughs> it, well, it's going to be overloaded with so many great displays. <laughs> Greg, we should probably move on past this into uh, another important <laughs> question. What are you reading? Oh, I am reading Horizon by Barry
1: Lopez, and I will probably still be reading it uh, next year when we return to Animal Poisoning
0: Week. Yep. No, nope, prevention. <laughs> prevention.
1: Oh, right. Sorry. It is. It is so long. It's really good. I So I really like Barry Lopez. He writes. Um, he writes. It's kind of like an intersection of nature and science writing. Oh, and he, right up your alley.
0: It is. You know, not a
1: single footpath in sight, but still. It's
0: been so long since we've I gotten know. a real Greg Baum classic. I know. And
1: this one is good, but he wrote it at an advanced age, as okay. we might say. And it really comes through the um, stay off my lawn energy. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, a like, lot of like fist shaking <laughs> from behind the blinds. <laughs> And so, like, as much as I like, I mean, his prose is so good. He's so smart. But it just, like, veers into, like, these weird quibbles and arguments. And you're like, well, but we were really going somewhere before you (laughs) had to, to, like, stop and have this battle with someone that's not even here right now. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, you know, I'm going to finish it. Okay. In honor of Barry Lopez. When we have
0: Barry, oh, I think, I do
1: think he died, (laughs) I mean. (laughs)
0: oh <laughs> uh, again chatterboxes don't look it up we will update you <laughs> <laughs> in the next month
1: why don't i ever look it up before nope. i open
0: my mouth anyway i
1: gotta stop all right what are you reading
0: uh i was inspired by last month when you were reading a book that had come from one of your what's Nexts." oh yes so uh i recently finished the nickel boys by colson whitehead uh, which I think I talked about I maybe in October yeah. uh, sometime earlier this year. There was a teacher in one of my buildings who was reading it. Uh, she was reading it because she was curious if she could maybe use it in class and then had brought it up as like, oh, well, if it's good, if you think that it's worth reading, I will read it. Uh, and then I can kind of give you some a uh, second opinion on it. It was an excellent book, uh, really well done. It's basically a fictionalized... Story kind of set in a Dozier school for boys. Yeah. Uh, situation. There's some some time jumping in the story. It's mostly set during the main character's time in that school, uh, the nickel school. It does jump forward to kind of see his future and then kind of jumps back and forward, whatever. Uh, really cool ending that I didn't really see coming. I don't know. I, I've not read any other Colson Whitehead. I thought this was excellent, uh, and I will be interested in reading more of his stuff. I'm not positive I would do it as a whole class read, okay? But I think it's definitely something that is appropriate to have in your high school library.
1: And that was what, <clears> I, what I was wondering.
0: Yeah, there are there are passages in it that are pretty rough, I and mean, because it's dealing with kids being uh, abused and neglected and yeah. uh, treated poorly because of their situation certainly deals with uh, race in this country. So I guess some of our listeners will not be able to even listen to this podcast because I said those words. I don't know. I thought it was good. I thought it was really well written. In the future, I will probably read more of his writing. But what I've seen is that they're all significantly longer than this one. So it may take me a little bit to kind of build up to that. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong and I'm just thinking of one book that I saw on a shelf that looked pretty long.
1: Let um, me. Um, while we're talking, instead yeah. of actually looking up the things that I have, you know, make claims about. <laughs> <laughs> so the one Nickel Boys has been on my list forever, and I, <clears throat> having heard you talk about it, now I want to read it even more. Yeah, and I remember when it came out. There, it was very timely in the sense that a lot of a lot of the kind of reporting. There was a lot of conversation around that type of school. You know, yes. when it came out. Um, What I had read by him was Zone 1, which is like a, it's like a super, it's like a weirdly literary post-apocalyptic zombie novel. Okay. And it was so good and it was not very long. So that's why I just wanted to look it up. It is not, how long is it? It is 259 pages in hardback. Okay. Um, And I liked it, but I, so that's the only one I've read. Haven't read any of the others. Um, also recommended for the zombie files out there.
0: Okay. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So, Colson Whitehead, you heard it here first, folks. I'm sure you've never <laughs> heard of his name. we <laughs> breaking new ground. <laughs> and with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break and be right back. This episode is brought to you by the Dewey Decimal Number 796.323 which means it's time for the official call-number-based game of National Athletic Training Month, Do We Know Our Dewey? I'm going to name books with call numbers that start 796.323, and Greg is going to guess what that section is all about. Highlights from this Dewey number include Fab Five by Mitch Album, Boys Among Men by Jonathan Abrams, Inaugural Ballers by Andrew Marinus, or Moranus and Basketball and Other Things by Shea Serrano. Greg, what is the theme of this section?
1: Well, listen, Dan, you know, and the Chatterboxes know that I am a big sports ball. Yes. Fan.
0: Yes. Really looking forward to
1: uh, as at the time of recording, I'm looking forward to a major sports ball event.
0: Yes. Uh, Well, in the month that we're in now for this, yeah. madness begins i know a your certain madness glued yeah. to the television during that time yeah
1: yeah and in fact i feel like that might even be a clue to this particular sports ball related section it could be and i'm gonna say it's basketball
0: a ding 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 ding. yay you got it. i really needed those hints yeah though, so <laughs> no no uh clever wording no other yeah. weirdness coming from your yeah. friends at the bridgewater college library services it's just basketball
1: well you know that um was really hard for them they really had to fight their better in- instincts about yeah. making it you know like spherical orange sports yes, related events. <laughs> yes. but but they did it they, won they did basketball they yeah.
0: did it and you <clears> did it Craig. <Greg. throat> what a win wow what a win if you have space uh and your displays either before right after or next to your animal prevention uh poison prevention month week whatever it was um displays really rounding it out really committed to it uh if you have room i would bet a lot of you may also want to find room for basketball related things during the month of march but who could know uh sometimes you have too many animal poison prevention Books that you need to fill space with. Well, I believe you told us the libraries were going to be covered in animals.
1: (laughs) Isn't that what you
0: said? It's hard to know uh, from one segment (laughs) to the next, Greg. Uh, But we want to thank Dewey and specifically the number 796.323 for sponsoring this episode.
1: Okay, chatterboxes, we are back and it's time for what I'm going to call, for the sake of this one episode, my favorite segment. Out. Uh, what are you doing? And so I'm going to ask Dan, because Dan has a lot to share with us today. So Dan, what are you doing?
0: Uh, I am wrapping up my time on the Denny O'Neill, the inaugural Denny O'Neill committee yeah. uh, by s- being so excited with the list that we came up with uh, from the incredible number of graphic novels that we had to narrow down from and some really high quality stuff that came through so those lists came out at the end of January, and our recording didn't line up that we could put this in our February episode, so you're getting it here in the March one. Uh, I just wanted to go through and kind of highlight a few from each grade band. All of them are good. I, like, I'll like. i preface it that way. You mm-hmm. can't go wrong with any of them, uh, but there were some that really stood out to me that I wanted to throw out there that maybe you're aware of, maybe you're not. Uh, some that connected kind of differently with me than it might with others, but all of these are very good, so we'll just start that way. And this is throwing a bone to any of our listeners who are not high school-specific librarians, because we are going to talk for a few minutes, maybe not even full minutes, uh, about Uh, K-5 through books that caught my eye uh, that I thought were pretty interesting. Well, no, this is a real
1: treat. Folks, just... Pull a chair up to the fire. Buckle up. Buckle up. A lot of mixed metaphors here. All right, here we go.
0: We're going to start with the K through two. Uh, Just a couple. There were not as many in this uh, particular grade band, and it's certainly not my area of expertise. So I am not going to tell you that certain books are like phenomenal and others were whatever. I'm sure they were all just as wonderful. But two that stood out to me really uh, big time. Were Things in the Basement by Ben Hapke, I'm assuming mm-hmm. is how we're going to pronounce that. I it is actually, not. I, it is official. This was a book that I kind of considered for a moment buying it for my libraries. Oh, cool. Um, it's a, it's a small kid. His mom's like dealing with his baby brother, sister, whatever young sibling, and she's like, "Hey, can you go grab whatever? I think it's in the basement," and that starts him on this journey that takes them through this whole crazy world of like lost things and basements and sub basements and and layers and, and all these subterranean things. Cool. It's not an overwhelming amount of text. A lot of it is done with imagery. I mean, it's a graphic novel, so yes, but like it doesn't rely. It's not here's the text and then here's the picture that just does exactly what the text is saying. Beautifully done. Really creative. Cool. Um, I, I I loved that one. I thought that one was great. And then the other one that I wanted to point out in this one was Worm and Caterpillar are friends. Long story short on this, uh, Worm and Caterpillar are friends, and then Caterpillar starts to go through some changes, and you're kind of figuring out, like, are we still friends? Can I still okay. be friends with you, even though you aren't what I thought you were before and whatever? Yeah. Uh, very cute, but also very... Like, oh, like there's a message here that's not yeah. hitting you over the head, yeah but it's just a nice, well-done uh, book. So those two, that's Things awesome. in the Basement and Worm and Caterpillar are friends by Kaz yeah. Windness uh, were my two favorites for that one. For three through five, uh, a lot of great ones based on our committee meeting. I understand that there are several of them that are already probably really popular that you may already have uh, in your libraries, which is great. Uh, so I, I'm going to not necessarily talk about those, uh, but I will. Again, I have just a few that I thought were uh, really stand out for me. The first one is called, Be- I'm going to say Beowulf. Okay. B-E-A, Wolf by yeah. Zach Wienersmith and Boulay is a take on Beowulf, uh, which was a really, it took me a minute to realize that that was what we were doing.
1: yeah. I didn't didn't put that together from the title until you when you said it out loud. Then I heard it. Yes. Yeah.
0: And so it's this treehouse in a neighborhood uh, that has to be protected from this like old neighbor who probably lets their dog out in the middle of the night, bark at people all the time. Barry Lopez (laughs) shaking his cane at you from outside. Um, And and Beowulf, Beowulf, whatever, gets like called in as the uh, hero. To try oh, cool. to like save this thing, um, uh, there's one called Club Kickout into the Ring by Steph My Dead Me Dead M I D E D. That is a uh, a pro wrestling club, oh. started at a school. These girls put together a pro wrestling club. It's it's just silly and fun, very lighthearted, uh, enjoyable. It was and I'm like I'm sure like Greg loves the sports ball. Um, I am. Uh my me and my children are into the the men in tights and the squared circle. <laughs> so that was right up my alley. <laughs> uh and the last one that I wanted to highlight for three through five was called Four Eyes uh, by Rex Ogle and illustrated by Dave Valazar. Rex Ogle, uh, if you are like Greg, uh, a dogwood person, you'll recognize that name from he has <laughs> two previous Dogwood nominees for the high school level and his book before that. Uh, So Free Lunch was his first memoir. Right. And that was a big one. And then uh, Punching Bag and Abuela, Don't Forget Me. Yeah. So this is like those kind of looking at a a moment of his life uh, as a child, but focuses on when he had to get glasses as a kid. And what that was like, it was not merely as depressing as sections of his uh, other books have been, yeah. uh, but also very good. Like th- he's a very good writer uh, and it translated neatly into this format. Oh, cool. So that was a that one was a win. Those are the three through fives that really stood out. Yeah. OK, now we're getting into the meat and potatoes here, Greg. This is <laughs> where uh, ah. I made my list too long and I'm going to try to go through these really quickly an attempt to not repeat ones that I already talked about in previous episodes, but I broke that rule as soon as I started making the list. So just deal with that. Okay, for six through eight, you may want to also consider getting some of those for your high school libraries if you are a high school library person, uh, as I think most of them would translate pretty well. So if you loved Oppenheimer but thought maybe I don't buy that for my middle school library um, or make a transcript of it for my students, <laughs> bomb. Uh, the graphic novel of the book, Bomb, The Race to Build and Steal the World's Most Dangerous Weapon oh. by Steve Scheinkin and Nick Bertozzi Uh, was excellent, really kind of does all the things that you need and you kind of learn about the creation of the bomb. And Oppenheimer is a person and all these other things. Really well done. That cool. was a cool nonfiction. Yeah. Uh, Buzzing by Samuel Satin and Rye Hickman is a fiction look at. Uh, somebody dealing with some mental struggles, um, depression, anxiety, those kinds of things. And it, the, those negative uh, mental thoughts and self-talk and whatever kind of is illustrated as like bees buzzing. So sometimes it's a swarm of these thoughts and okay. sometimes it's just like individuals that was very cleverly done. I think having some understanding of this visually and not just people going like, yeah, you know, like when you're sad or when you're whatever, or explain to me why this is happening. Um, I thought that was a, a neat look at dealing with mental health Yeah, um, and kind of what that experience is like. Okay. Courage to Dream, Tales of Hope in the Holocaust by Neil Schusterman and uh, Andres Vera Martinez is a fictional collection of stories where like, Holocaust was terrible, like all this negative about the Holocaust, right? People going through awful things, but here's these like what if this kind of magical thing could have happened? Or what if these and it was I was a little bit nervous that it was gonna be too lighthearted or too uh, maybe not taking it as seriously as it yeah. could.
1: I have I had like a knee-jerk reaction to yes. that description. Yeah. Uh,
0: it was not. It okay. was moving and and beautifully illustrated. Um, I very much enjoyed that one. That was and and, and buying that one for sure for the high school libraries. Okay. Three more in this one. I promise I'm trying to talk fast. Uh, A first time for everything by Dan Santat. Uh, If you have any experience with children's books, um, especially illustrated children's books, Dan Santat is a name that, you know, he illustrated a bunch of different books before and while also making his own. Uh, this is a graphic memoir of a trip that he went on in middle school to, I'm not going to remember what country, like a, a going abroad with a, a, sp- a certain group kind of trip. Mm-hmm. This might have been my favorite book of all oh. of the everything that I read. Wow. Yeah, really, just a really well done memoir. It was, I, I don't know, it was everything that you want from that kind of thing. Cool. Um, Global by Eowyn Colfer, Andrew Dorkin, and Giovanni Regano. I talked about on a previous episode, it looks at two different stories, one taking place kind of near the um, Arctic Circle in a community and one taking place in, I want to say, the Indian Ocean um, and how global uh, climate change is affecting um, everybody. That it's not just like if you live in this type of area, this is a problem or this type of area, it's a problem, but really – Doing it through these kind of fictional stories, but tells uh, a really interesting adventure story uh, through these two stories. And then the last one for that grade band is Malcolm Kid and the Perfect Song by Austin Paramore and Sarah Bollinger. Hmm. This one is very light, very fun. Um, this is not high stakes, it's not trying to get you to understand some kind of deep things about the world around us. Malcolm Kid. Is a musician and he wants to do more with music. And he ends up getting this like literal magical keyboard mm-hmm. that then kind of opens him up to these other realms and whatever. Very fun, very cool. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Um, so Apple. that was unlike some of these other ones, very just kind of fun graphic novel. Yeah. Okay. Whew, deep breath. Last group, you're doing right? great
1: you're doing great keep going it's
0: it's too many i know but we're no this is great this is a great words. resource the chatterboxes are eating it up in I real time so. get out your pen and paper friends right. all right for the, our, our high school people i don't think i've talked about any of these although more than likely i have so we'll try to go pretty quickly um enlightened by man i'm gonna screw this name up i know for sure for sure sachi adira it is a kind of fictionalized biography of uh, Siddhartha. Oh, and cool. Yes. But it, it does a lot of storytelling. It's not just like, here's a fact, here's the fact, here's a fact, like that kind of thing. It yeah. uh, really does a neat job telling the story. It has some wonderful sections uh, when he reaches enlightenment and kind of like, what does this look like and how are we connecting parts of the world and whatever. Oh, cool. Uh, the faint of heart by Carolyn Wilson is a dystopian future where doctors have realized that we can uh, remove sadness and anxiety and all the kind of emotional problems of the world Uh, by literally removing your heart. Okay. Uh, And our main character doesn't want to do this. Uh, And so she's kind of on her own as this person who is not wanting to be a part of that. Uh, She discovers a discarded heart uh, in an alley and is trying to kind of figure out where it came from and dealing with her friends that are doing it or friends that don't want to, and what are the problems and why do we have emotions and whatever, really kind of a neat dystopian uh, future story. Girl Taking Over, a Lois Lane graphic novel by Sarah Kuhn and Ariel Hovalanos? Hovalanos? I don't know how to pronounce I, that. No, correctly. I don't either. I'm looking
1: at these as you read them, because, and I'm like, yeah. I Godspeed, yeah. damn, it's <laughs> all I can think.
0: The next one will be the easiest one, I think, of the day. Um, if you if you saw Lois Lane graphic novel and you're like, I don't want superhero stuff, it isn't. Um, it is a yeah. story of a um, I think they're in college. These friends that are in college and they're roommates, and one of them uh is big into journalism and is trying to kind of like write stories about stuff and what types of stories does she want to write. Mm-hmm. Becomes friends with these other people who are into their own passions and their own things, and they kind of discover a a problem and they uncover this thing and whatever um with the a guy that's running a this like alt theater group. It is not there's no Superman, there's no superpowers, there's no anything. Yeah. It's, it's like I my guess is in some of this is that it's like I have this story for a journalist who's uncovering this thing about the world and yeah. somebody went, yeah, but that's not gonna sell what if it was Lois Lane? <laughs> you know, like, like how do you get people's eyes on it? Yeah. Um, so if we <laughs> say it's Lois Lane, it can be sold by DC and we can kind of push it this way. Right. It is never intrusive. Okay. Um, it's ne- it's if you're like, I don't do comic books, you'll be fine. Okay. Okay. Four more uh, hidden systems, water, electricity, the internet, and the secrets behind the systems we use every day by Dan, not uh, it is literally broken into three sections. One of them talks about water. One talks about electricity. One talks about the internet, <laughs> and it it illustrates how do these things work and how do you get them. Uh, oh, why cool. does your phone access the internet, or how do you turn on a faucet and clean water comes out of it? Yeah. Um, and it, like all of the things that are tied up in it, and and it's so it's not just like here's how this works. Yeah. But how do you get this, and who does it affect, and how does it yeah. work? Like it's very cool messenger the legend of muhammad ali by mark Bernardin and ron salas uh is a biography that is slightly fictionalized of muhammad ali um so and not like total yeah. cradle to grave it's just giving you kind of these key moments and major major points very well done the graphics are wonderful uh that one was a very cool just straight biography like in, in a way a straight biography but not a totally straight biography um sunshine by Jarrett, I still don't know how to pronounce his I name. I was just gonna. I was just thinking
1: that, and he had a gateway, didn't he?
0: Yes, um,
1: <clears throat> Kozoska, something like yeah, that.
0: Yeah, Krosaczka, K uh, R O S O C Z K A. He had a gateway a few years ago. This one is wonderful. It's about his time as a teenager working at a camp for people with. I think it was mostly with like terminal illnesses. Um, and issues like that. So like families could be a part of the camp too. It wasn't just the kids that are going through it, but also their families uh, and his time with that. Just a beautifully done story. Uh, really good. The last one is The Talk by Darren Bell. Um, it is a, a basically a story that kind of puts together uh, the talk that some families, uh, particularly families of color, have with their children about. How do you survive in the world, right? How do you carry yourself? How do you need to act uh, to avoid problems in certain situations? Um, I, I don't know how to sell that any other way. It was I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Uh, look at that. That's cool. Yeah. Deep breath. I'm going to take a drink. Sorry <laughs> for all of those recommendations.
1: No, don't be sorry. That's awesome. I mean, I know in our district, just talking to librarians, it seems like most of us are always we always have difficulty in the graphic novel section. Um, and maybe it's because that's not something most of us tend to read. And so we're always grateful when a colleague can share those or when, you know, like you or the
0: surviving members of the Denny <laughs> community. <laughs> yeah,
1: it
0: was, it was a lot of books to be read this year and the 18 that we narrowed it down to, were all ones that everybody was very comfortable for the high school. I'm thinking specifically of the high school um, that everybody was very comfortable with and happy with. There was no, nothing on the list that we're like, no, this one shouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, I didn't name a couple that I really loved because I've talked about them in other episodes. Uh, But yeah, if you're in that situation, like Greg's talking about where maybe you're not a big graphic novel reader, the list is good. Um, That is a, a great starting point. Uh, for you and for your libraries uh, to maybe dig in a little bit more. If you're you're nervous about, I don't know what's good and what's not, these were good. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. We're heading to the reader's nook. We're talking about a high school dogwood called Science and the Skeptic by Mark Zimmer. Let me read this uh, summary, and then I'm going to cede the floor to Greg for a little bit. Oh, boy. Covering how science is done, why some people want to trick others, and why false information can be dangerous, this book empowers readers to know which sources to trust and which to dismiss as deceit. Greg, what did you think of science and the skeptic?
1: So I, um, first of all, I was surprised by how small this book was when I went to pick it up because I remembered we had talked, you know, and I'm sure I saw it when it came through and we cataloged it, but I didn't remember that this was the one from on the dogwood list, and I so I was surprised. This was it's very small, it's a very fast read. It's also very accessible, it's got nice, glossy pages with lots of like pullout text and yeah. like images. And um, we'll talk about the rules in a moment. It's got like 20 rules for the for evaluating claims and or thinking about science, I guess. So, my when I picked it up though, I thought. I think I flipped it open and the word that stood out to me was like vaccines or anti-vaxxers. And I thought, Oh no, here we go. (laughs) Only because because I just felt like there was so much, there's still so much weird unverified stuff about the pandemic. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of thought that's where this was going. And it does touch on, I mean, there is a section on vaccines and anti-vax the anti-vax movement, but really that's not, the focus. And it's such a, I think it's a great, I I really liked it, I guess is the best way to say I liked the rules that they had. I liked how it was done. I liked that it was pretty uncompromising about um, false claims in science, false beliefs about science, you know, non-scientific or anti-science. I, I really liked it. I wish I could
0: make (laughs) every
1: parent read it.
0: Yeah. So what about you? What did you think? Uh, I agree with everything you said. Uh, the The one point I was going to make is this was definitely uh, for like middle school, high school level students. Yes. Um, yes. So if as an adult, if you pick it up and you're like, well, I know some of this stuff. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, I don't think everybody does, but I right. hope that you do. Right. But I, as I was reading, I thought this, it, just, this is a thing that I hope everybody reads and that they get these yeah. rules in their heads for yeah. how do you think about science in the world and whatever. So yeah, I thought it was great.
1: And, you know, just kind of a lack again, just to return to this idea that there was a a lack of this kind of wishy washy compromising that sometimes I think pundit conversations try to have, you know, no, like this is, (laughs) this is science. Like there aren't alternate, you know, facts about this. you know, like it was just, it was very refreshing in that sense.
0: Yes. And, and like I said, a quick read, so it's not intimidating to a, a younger reader we are right. not picking up a textbook. So, yeah, that was a good pick. This one was a good one. Yeah, I enjoyed it. All right, next month, for those chatterboxes following along, we're going to do the High School Dogwood We Were Dreamers by Simu Liu. Um, And it's it's another good one. It's a memoir. Uh, so we're going to tackle that one next month in the April episode. If you have thoughts on this book or anything we've talked about during this episode, send us an email to librarymediachatter at gmail.com. One more quick break, and then we'll be back to wrap things up. This episode of Library Media Chatter is brought to you by Read Across America. Remember, if you're anywhere in America, you have to read on March 2nd. (laughs) For our international chatterboxes, don't even think about reading that day. It isn't for you. (laughs) Thank you for understanding. Oh, my God. Welcome back to the podcast. We have just enough time for What's Next, where we highlight a new book we're excited about but have not yet read. Greg, what's next?
1: Well, Dan, I um, told you before we started recording, I had been in a reading slump. And so I think you have convinced me with... Um, hidden systems. I'm going to give that a try. I don't read a lot of graphic novels. That one sounds like something I'd be interested in. And you kind of in our side conversation explain some of the things you really liked about it. And so I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to put that to the top of the list.
0: I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it when we get them. Yeah. And you will in detail. (laughs) Hopefully just an entire episode. (laughs) All right. And with that, remember, read responsibly, use a bookmark.